Welcome to The Reflecting Pool. I'm Bijan Karimi. During these informal conversations, my guests and I discuss thesis research being done by CHDS students and what it's like to be part of the master's program. We spend time talking about the spark that led to topic selection, research challenges, and how the topic relates to the broader homeland security enterprise. Lisa Palmieri is part of the Department of Homeland Security's Department of Intelligence and Analysis and was a member of Master's Cohort 1402. I interviewed Lisa in the Admiral Suite in Harriman Hall overlooking the Northeast Lawn and the Reflecting Pool. I asked Lisa why she came to NPS and like many others, she was looking for a mental challenge and an opportunity to explore different ideas. My goal in coming here was to kind of work my brain a little bit, learn some things that I hadn't fully studied. I think we accept a lot when we are, especially in the federal government, we accept a lot of the things that we are told and we have a certain amount of inertia where we just kind of keep going on the same path. And it's, uh, it was time in my career to um, upset the apple cart a little bit. And that's what I wanted to do. One of the great things about the CHDS program is the wide variety of backgrounds that participants have. Before the first day of class, I thought I understood what terrorism was, but it was through classroom conversation and some of Lisa's comments in particular that helped me understand the issue is far more complex than what I was hearing or reading, and to appreciate the significant difference between terrorists and terrorism. So the strategies that I reviewed are similar in that they're somewhat vague in their language. They talk about a very enemy-centric approach to terrorism or counterterrorism, more appropriately. Some of the terms used was violent extremist organization, which is very kind of generic. Al-Qaeda and its affiliates and associates, I think, was one, which is, again, kind of organization-centric, specific organization-centric, which is another problem. Um, some just use terrorism, the terrorists, terrorist acts. So the strategies seem to be a lot more focused on the tactic of terrorism with the belief that that means or references to terrorism means the same thing to everybody. According to research Lisa cites, 51% of Americans are worried a great deal about terrorism, some even thinking it is an existential threat. But there's no single U.S. agency responsible for defining what that threat is. Instead, each agency defines it based on their own worldview and often by the tools that they have to deal with it. Defining terrorism, I think, is it's kind of like Maslow's hammer. It depends on what tools you have to address it on how you define it. And I talk about that a little bit in my thesis, how law enforcement may uh, define it one way and diplomacy may define it another way and the intelligence community may define it another way. And it depends on what tools they are going to use against it. So it really isn't all that relevant. I think my point was that we need to talk about um, Salafi jihadism or violent Salafi jihadism as I add the, add the violent word to try to make it a little bit less, less focused on the religion and more on the, on the aspect of violence. Lisa's hypothesis is the same as the title of her thesis. Would the U.S. benefit from a unified national strategy to combat violent Salafi jihadism? And she cites several benefits of this. First, establishing a common lexicon and understanding. Second, focusing the strategy on that particular threat. And three, to provide commander's intent. She feels that without a common terminology, then the issue will be confused and diluted. It's much more broad than what all of these strategies were um, or intended to address after September 11th. 
which was Al-Qaeda, um, not quite understanding that there was an ideology that that supported Al-Qaeda in Salafi jihadism that's been around and identified for many years that has not made it into our parlance, that hasn't made it into our terminology, which I think is a problem. One concept in her thesis that we didn't discuss, but bears mentioning because it's at the genesis of many of these issues we're discussing, is that of neo-Orientalism. Immediately after the 9-11 attacks, a small group of academics outlined the Mideast terrorist threat based on their research. I'm quoting, Instead of defining VSJ, violent Salafi jihadism, to the U.S. in the context of an ultra-conservative, fundamentalist, and violent interpretation of Sunni Islam, both Orientalist and the neo-Orientalist scholars who informed policymakers after 9-11 have tended to depict Islam as the problem. Their views established the foundation on which many U.S. policies over the last 15 years have been based. Quoting again, the influence of neo-Orientalism and the overall Western bias against Muslims has gone beyond national policy circles, undermining efforts to disaggregate the VSJ movement from Islam as a world religion. Media reports and many explanations describe terrorism as one thing. A key component of Lisa's thesis is differentiating between terrorism as a tactic and an ideology. We define the terrorist threat in a way that allows us to put it in a box and deal with it, but in doing so, it doesn't acknowledge that a terrorism is a tactic that is constantly changing and hard to define, which complicates our response. Terrorism is a tactic. It is not an ideology. It is not a movement. You don't have... All of these terrorists are not of the same mind. They don't all cooperate. They don't all even have anything in common necessarily, except the use of a tactic because they are perhaps weaker than the enemy that they perceive. So there's to have a strategy against a tactic doesn't make any sense. If you have a strategy against a movement or an ideology, for example, violent Salafi jihadism, you're looking at, okay, how is why is this succeeding? What is the genesis? Why are people attracted to this? Uh, what is their what are their real goals? You have to understand from soup to nuts what this is all about in order to undermine it, in order to truly counter it, not just kill people who adhere to this ideology. Because there's always going to be somebody coming up to fill that spot unless you really understand why is this surviving? Why are recruits still being attracted to this? And we don't have a handle on that. It's also important to better understand Islam and the negative effects on the Muslim world and their view of the U.S. when we use these generic terms. Islam is not uh, monolithic. There are very, very different strains of Islam, Sunni and Shia and Sufi. And then under Sunni, we have the, the four schools of theology. And underneath that, we, we keep going down and down and down into what is finally the Salafi jihadis, the violent Salafi jihadis. It's a subset of a subset of a subset of Islam. So the first thing we need to understand is there is, a, there is enormous diversity. Uh, another thing we have to understand is the history between the Sunni and the Shia. We don't understand Islam as a religion. So, like any thesis, Lisa offers her perspective on what could be done to address problems that she spent a significant amount of time identifying. In this case... How can the federal government address the current linguistic quagmire around terrorism? Our tendency to simplify complex issues is one of the issues at the root of this problem. The Watchman's Rattle was a book that we were assigned, 
And what I took away from the watchman's rattle was that the world has become so complex that we're having a difficult time wrapping our minds around it. And just like civilizations before, this could be our downfall if we try to oversimplify the challenges that we have. I see us oversimplifying the challenge we have with this violent Salafi jihadism as a movement. It is not going away and we still don't understand it and it's 2016. And I think that does not bode well for our success in, in dealing with it in the future. So to solve, or to begin to solve this issue, Lisa says it's pretty basic. First, you need to get the different federal agencies to agree that there needs to be a unified strategy. There has to be some sort of acceptance that we need a national strategy, that we need to actually focus on this particular threat in a way that will impact it going forward. She suggests that common terminology will help all agencies align and create a unity of effort, but also realizes some inherent limitations. If we don't address what this is specifically, we cannot focus our resources in a way that's going to impact it. It's just too watered down. So I, I tried to find something a little bit more specific and not not involving using the word Salafi because Salafi is a religion and most Salafis are peaceful. But the fact that this violent this violent movement has gelled out of this small, relatively small group of Salafis, I don't see how you can not say that. Um, and as much as I hate to impugn Salafism, by using that in this term, it's worse, I think, to just use Islam. Then you're maligning billions of people as opposed to a smaller subgroup of Salafis. So if everybody's on the same page, what they do in the State Department strategy, in the Homeland Security strategy, in the Department of Defense strategy can all be kind of pulling in the same direction with the tools that they have at hand against this one ideology and not be watered down and not be distracted because of the political winds of the day. The U.S. is not going to effectively address violent Salafi jihadist threat alone. We're going to need help. Yet, another issue with our current approach is that we are alienating some of the very groups that can help us. We cannot impact the movement if we do not understand who they are, where they come from, what their weaknesses are, and how to better work with other Muslims to counter their ideology. And that's one of the biggest things is we've alienated so many Muslims by not understanding the specificity of who attacked us, of who is inspiring these people to go over and and fight for ISIS, for example. We paint them with the same broad brush, making enemies of people who should be working with us. To close out our interview, I asked Lisa what class was the most helpful at NPS. She called out unconventional threat the book Talking to Terrorists and Learning About Social Identity Theory. The unconventional threat class was was really got me thinking about this. A lot of the kind of different perspectives that Anders uh, Strindberg and Dave Brannon tried to kind of make us wrap our heads around brought to bear that the word terrorism was not sufficient to use for what we were dealing with. The different perspectives like talking to terrorists uh, was kind of an interesting thing to think about. It's These are human beings. They have motivations, and they can be persuaded and dissuaded if you come at it from their perspective. Social identity theory was a really big thing. Um, a lot of people will follow along with violent movements like this if this is what their cousins and brothers and uncles are doing, not necessarily believing in the violent movement specifically, but not having dissenting voices, not talking to them and not 
maybe presenting alternative views is never going to get us where we need to go. In the beginning of the discussion, I said how much I gained from my own peers. Lisa shared the sentiment in her final comments. I learned more from my people in the classroom than anything else, and that's what I would advise people to, um, to really pay attention to who's in your class. Make sure everybody's being heard. Make sure you're paying attention to them and not dismissing them based on your preconceived notions. Um, we all have them because there are some really interesting perspectives. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about Lisa Palmieri's thesis, Would the U.S. Benefit from a Unified National Strategy to Combat Violent Salafi Jihadism? For more information on her research, visit the Homeland Security Digital Library at www.hsdl.org and search for Violent Salafi Jihadism. The Center for Homeland Defense and Security is the nation's homeland security educator and part of the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. Since 2002, CHDS has provided a neutral educational forum where current and future homeland security leaders learn, discuss and debate policies, strategies, programs and organizational elements to counter terrorism and handle catastrophic events. For more information on the CHDS Masters, Executive Leadership or other academic programs, browse to www.chds.us. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me again.